0: Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro recharge kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.
1: From a player perspective, the amount of change in terms of how their daily routine uh, operated because of the pandemic was enormous. Like you know, what, when they were allowed to arrive, what they were allowed to do while they were here, how who they were allowed to interact with, you know, when, how we traveled from. You know, stadium to airport.
2: It was a year of changes, and it's a year that will continue to change the game for years to come. Welcome to the program. I'm Brett McMillan. That was Cardinals general manager Michael Gersh talking about what the big league team had to deal with as they prepared for games day in and day out throughout 2020. Gersh. will get into more of that with Dan McLaughlin in just a moment. He's also going to talk about the alternate training site in 2020. It was something that we heard about a lot, but obviously none of us got to see it in person. What were the unique uh, adversities and challenges and benefits of that specific arrangement? And specifically, how do you keep statistics in a scenario where players are not playing in games against other organizations? gersh will touch on that he'll talk about how the cardinals have tried to make the best of it and what it might mean for some of the prospects that you know looking forward to spring training 2021 we'll let you hear it in its entirety we'll be back with you on the other side again it's Cardinals vice president and general manager michael gersh with the television voice of the cardinals danny mack right here on the cards insider podcast Let's start with this.
0: Uh, Last year was just such a crazy year for everybody, whether you were in sports, out of sports, but certainly for anybody in baseball, it was a 60-game season, a race to the finish, almost a 60-game regular season for the Cardinals. Uh, Is now you've had a chance to kind of catch your breath, reflect on the season, how would you characterize the the season for the Cardinals?
1: Uh, It was certainly challenging. I think um, from a player perspective, the amount of change in terms of how their daily routine uh operated because of the pandemic was enormous like you know, wh- when they were allowed to arrive what they were allowed to do while they were here how much mo- who they were allowed to interact with you know when, how we traveled from you know stadium to airport how we flew everything was just it kind of sucked all the fun out of out of being on a team right a lot of a lot of what brings people into sports is the camaraderie and the teamwork and and uh and when you can't be close to each other and you can't be in the same room and you have to sit in your hotel room and eat all your meals by yourself. It just, it sucks a lot of the, uh, a lot of the fun out of it. So based on the, the outbreak we had and the time we spent in, in, in Milwaukee, not doing anything but sitting in hotel rooms and then coming back here and having to go back into a quarantine again, just to to, to battle through and make it to the playoffs. I think, you know, it was uh it was really, it was an impressive uh, display of sort of you know like sticking with it and, and not giving up by by our players and staff who and, and by staff I include all the way down to our traveling secretary and our trainers and our clubhouse guys all of whom had their jobs totally you know people who have done the same thing for 25 straight years all of a sudden had a whole new world to deal with and everyone did a great job kind of making it work.
0: Do you think players and clubhouse guys and the staff just everybody in general do you think we've learn to do things differently going forward? Because you were forced to do things differently and maybe going forward we say, well, do we really need to be at the ballpark at 10 a.m. like we used to? Do you think we could do things more efficiently going forward when we get back to normal?
1: Yeah, I I do think we've talked about, I I don't think we'll go back to what we used to do exactly. We'll certainly go back in some ways, but I do think there are parts of of routines that people realize I don't need 100 swings before every game or I don't need, you know, I, I don't need to, to get here so early I, I can spend more time with my family or we can do more things pregame or remotely like a lot of like the advanced scouting and pregame work instead of doing it in a room altogether we had to do it you know send out documents and do calls ahead of time or whatever and I think some of those things will be will remain I think like in anything in life we've all learned that there're certain things you're like ah it turns out I don't need to go to the right. office every day I actually as long as I have an internet and a and, and, a, ca- and a phone I can actually be pretty productive so um, I do think there'll be some parts that will, will change. But I think it'll depend on the player, depend on, you know, new guys who are just joining the big leagues don't know any better. So they, they might, you know, fall into this routine more quickly than
0: someone you know who's been around for a while. How concerned do you get, or do you think it was a blessing in disguise that some of your younger players that were at the satellite camp were facing some of their own top prospects moving forward? Now, it's a lost minor league season, but yet – Libertor or Thompson or Gorman are facing your own top prospects. So they're not playing games, but yet you're facing really good competition.
1: Yeah, I think it was a blessing and a curse in that, you know, we we were able to work on things with players in a non-competitive environment. Like nobody wants to practice something new or try something different when, when, you know, the chips are down, right? When people are keeping score, when championships are on the line, when, you know, in 400 point font on the scoreboard, it shows your ERA or your batting average. But when you're doing it in an environment where, like, you can try a new pitch, or you can try a new grip, or you can try a new approach, and and you have a little bit more freedom to to practice those things before you implement them, I think, so so some of our young players took advantage of that and were able to, to try new things and 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 really make some real progress. Missing out on that competition, missing out on all those innings and all those plate appearances, is a challenge. And so, the whole industry is somewhat flying blind as to what all these guys are going to look like next year. You know, do we just pretend everyone played at, the, at their next level and then advance them another level like just skip a level for everyone or do we everyone just go to the level they would have gone to last year and we, we have only so many roster spots and so many innings and so many plate appearances and so how do you sort of put that puzzle together it's a, it's a lot more uncertainty than normal for sure yeah good luck with that that's yeah. gonna be
0: really tough isn't it
1: yeah and and it's gonna mean that spring training you know normally we try to know what our plan is going into spring training and we always talk about competition and stuff and it's true but like we I mean we just saw you, you know, in September. There's some competition, but how much could you have really changed? Well now we haven't seen you since, you know, eighteen months ago. So we have an idea that you're gonna to go to double A or, or whatever, but you know, if you've gotten bigger and stronger or if you've spent the last eighteen months putting on weight or you know how productive you've been is gonna make a big driver. So I think whenever we do get to all of the guys down there for spring training it'll be a, it'll be sort of a more interesting more competitive environment than normal
0: so we always hear about analytics in the game and you're able to take analytics even down in the minor leagues for fans that don't know and, and have measurements on your pitchers and mm-hmm. spin rate and launch angle and all those different things that we talk about in baseball were you able to do that even in the games or the pseudo games that you had with the guys at the satellite camp?
1: Yeah, so we, we our satellite camp in Springfield is one of our affiliates. And so we have camera system and a, a, a TrackMan ball tracking radar down there. Um, and so we are able to give players feedback on you know, their spin rate, their velocity. Their, we actually, we put on the scoreboard, we didn't have umpires, cause you couldn't have umpires in the game. So we had the TrackMan strike zone up on the scoreboard. And so after every pitch where there was uncertainty, whether it was a ball or strike, everyone paused and waited for the little dot to pop up. And then, you know, one side got annoyed or you know, shook their, 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 their uh, fist at the, at the imaginary radar guy. Um, so we used all that. And, and it really, honestly, it came in very handy for, like, hitting stats. Because at various times during the summer, we had so many players with the big league team or in quarantine that we couldn't field, we couldn't field teams down there. So we had live bp going where we had a first baseman a shortstop and a left fielder but that was it and so you couldn't really say if a guy got a hit or a double or a single or a home run i mean like home runs are obvious right but everything else was sort of uncertain and so we're able to use the the batted ball data to say like look there was no fielder out there but we're pretty sure that one was gonna be a single and that one would have been a double and um, <laughs> so we're able to, to sort of estimate what people's stat lines were to look like we don't have official stats from any of the games but we have estimated stat lines
0: It's unbelievable um Back to the major league club. How concerned did you guys get when you're in Milwaukee or even just throughout the regular season when you're trying to get through just the, the season itself and especially when you're on the road and the guys are away from their families on the mental side of being isolated. How hard was that? Because I think as a fan or even as a broadcaster, you say, well, they, here are the guys playing. They pop up on your TV or they pop up at the ballpark and hey, there's our favorite players. Right, there's right. our favorite team. But these are human beings, and they're isolated, and you're asking them to be away from each other. How much of a concern was that, and what steps did you take to try to make sure that guys were okay mentally going through this thing?
1: Yeah, I mean that was the same challenge a lot of people outside of baseball were going sure. through, right? Like anybody who lived in you know lives anyone who lives alone, all of a sudden was way more alone than they ever intended to be, right? right? And and um, our guys on the road, you know, I didn't I ended. I didn't go on the first road trip, which turned out to be the road trip from, from, uh, from, from pandemic worlds. Yeah. And uh, and so I ended up not being on the road trips because of how we ended up doing things until the playoffs. And when I went the last few days of the regular season into the playoffs, and like, the only thing you're allowed to leave your room for is exercise outdoor with a mask on. I, you know, we were in San Diego. It's beautiful in San Diego, but you can only sit inside staring out at the beautiful San Diego for so <laughs> long before it starts to grind on you. And um, so it was a challenge. And And i think it was a challenge you know every everyone dealt with it differently right like every you know well facetime and phone calls and checking in with people and again a lot of a lot of work video type work that would be done in the clubhouse a lot of players were doing stuff you know on their own wherever wherever they chose to do it in their hotel room or at home before they came to the ballpark um so it was something that we you know we were trying to help people with but it's also again, because of social distancing, it's a little bit hard to check in on people, right? There's the, the, the you know, you can't bring people together and be like, H- how are we doing? Like, you know, let's have a conversation about it. So, um, but it wasn't ongoing, you know, making sure, guys like the trainers who touch every player every day are, are like a key part in sort of giving you a feel of, of the kind of the culture and if anyone like, you know, needs some attention or whatever. Yeah.
0: What was your favorite part of the season? Was it winning, knowing that you guys got over the hump, getting into the playoffs? Was it Yachty getting number 2000? Was it... Wayno's complete game, uh, seeing Dylan Carlson come up. What what was your favorite part of it?
1: I mean, yeah, the 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 you know, Wayno's yeah, complete game was was really special. That was very cool. But at the end, you know, we tried our goals to make the playoffs, right? Our goals to win games, right? So, um, and we were so it was tight right to the end, and all we had gone through to like not actually make it to the playoffs would have been like you know a real you know real tough shot to take. So. Um, yeah, just qualifying for the playoffs and, you know, up through the middle of game two, like there was like a nice weak stretch there where yeah. we, we got in, we won game one, we were ahead in game two, and it felt like this is like like we've overcome a lot and we're going to actually get to push this thing on. And um, that was sort of the highlight for me.
0: When you look ahead now to 2021, where do you think the strength of the franchise is? From an outsider perspective like me, and you know the numbers inside out, it looks like you got really good pitching, more pitching coming. Is, is that probably where the strength is? Yeah, I
1: would say more than just pitching is run prevention. I, I think between the pitching staff and the defense that we play, our strength is preventing runs. and, and we're you know we're going lose, we're gonna lose uh, Dakota for, for next year, off Tommy John, but we get miles back. We're picking up Jordan Hicks, who you, know, you add a guy a 102 with a you know, sinker that disappears, that, that's a positive, right? Um, we did, you know, we, we did Wong's not with us at the moment, obviously. Um, but, you know, Bader and, you know, Goldschmidt and Edmund and, and DeYoung, like, we have a good, solid defense. We're, I think we're above average almost everywhere on the field defensively, combined with a pitching staff that has been good for multiple years in a row. And, you know, we're only sort of adding to it this year. It's exciting. And, and we've got guys like Libertor and Zach Thompson who are you know had good summer camps you know it's hard to say they're knocking at the door when they haven't played out of a ball yet but but that's because of the the weird 2020 but they're they're close and and ready to help so could you
0: see those guys at some point
1: being part of the major leagues you think at some point this year I mean again it's tough because they 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 haven't we haven't seen real competition but um, especially Libertor had an exceptional summer and really put himself in a position where if if things go the way we hope this year He'll at least be under consideration by the second half of the season. Now, whether that's you know how how it actually will go, I don't know. But he last time he competed was in Low A, so right. it's, it's a pretty big jump. But but hopefully hopefully it goes smoothly.
0: When you saw Gorman too, he's a guy that excites fans. Can you give us an idea what that summer camp was like too, and where he might be in, at the start of 2021?
1: Yeah. So so Nolan had a had a tough assignment in that most of our guys at summer camp were big league quality pitchers right like because we needed them as insurance right so most of them were big, and the guys who weren't like Libertor and thompson who hadn't pitched you know in double a and triple a were lefties so and nolan's a lefty so he either faced guys like nabil krismat and meisinger and you know all these guys who are you know 4a type pitchers or he's facing two elite left-handed prospects and for a guy who you know, had been a ball the year before. It, it was it was a good you know wake up call as to what what he's going to face going forward. Um, he had a good camp. He is extremely committed to his career. He's extremely he, he, he's data intensive. He, he he works on things. He has a virtual reality tool that he uses to to practice facing left handed sliders and practice staying in on them. He, he's he works with our hitting coach extensively on everything about his you know his technique and his pitch selection. He's just. He's a very focused kid, and so he had a great camp. Short of the fact he didn't get 600 plate appearances, he got you know 75 or whatever, um, and he understands that defense is part of the deal, and and to put a lot of time in on his has defense at third base, which which is good because you know he's got a bat that probably can play anywhere, but we'd like him to be a, a plus third baseman if at all possible, and he's committed to making that effort. So
0: you can imagine we're we're just out of the the winter meetings, and, and fans are are kind of saying where's Where's baseball right now? Where's the industry right now? Could, could you get a feel of where the industry was? not necessarily the Cardinals, but just baseball as a whole are are we spending money? Are we not spending money or is are we in a wait and see period? And I guess all of sports in a way is like that right now What yeah. do you think it is right
1: yeah. now? All of life is sort of in a wait and see period. I know right? it's a tough statement and question, but no you but know. the the, uh, the 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 uncertainty. So, you know, we have all the uncertainty around, around players and prospects. If you're talking about trades, you've got guys who no one has seen in 18 months, including their own, their own team, right? right? It's not like we have a ton more information on what, you know, what Danny Mac's been doing in the last 18 right. months than, than some other team does. We have more, but not like Well, I was in more. the booth for Yeah, you were just waiting. <laughs> just have, waiting was, I'm waiting. I'm waiting in the wings. Um, but also, you know, we're still not – we haven't – there is no DH. But it's not certain that that won't change, right? right? Last year rosters were were set at at you know at one number and then changed right before the season to another number. Um, we we're you know we have an opening we have a, a schedule for all of 2021. We have a you know spring training report date for 2021, and no one has written those in sharpie. Those are all feel like they're in pencil, right? And sure. so, um, and whether there'll be fans at some all or none of those games is just to be determined. And and that goes beyond just you know a blanket statement, like every individual team and every individual municipality has its own, you know, its own government regulations to deal with. So um, we're just in a place of of uncertainty that I think is, you know, unheard of in in life, in sports and certainly in the 15 years I've been involved in, in baseball for it's this industry is is one where for for a long time I could tell you exactly what I'd be doing each week of the year. Because sure. I knew the second week of January was arbitration, right? And the third and fourth week of January we were making arbitration cases if we're going to a hearing, and then the first week of February is getting ready to leave for spring training. And like you could plan out your year and you've done the same thing. You know yep. exactly when, you know, when you can go on vacation with your family over the All Star break and you can know and all of that's blown up. Like we just all of last year changed, all of twenty twenty one is a big question mark. It's just, you know, we're all sort of probably better prepared to react quickly because of what we went through last year but but mostly waiting to see what we're going to re- react to as opposed to planning too far ahead
0: do you still get excited though around this time of year i mean do you still get kind of the the itch after the holidays to say man it's it is does it does have that feeling though yeah
1: for sure i think it's you know i was out on the patio the other day during my lunch break just you know the field's perfectly green you know the sun was out and it was sort of like ah is this is we need people in here. Like, yes, this just, just doesn't—it doesn't feel quite right the way it is. But uh, hopefully, we're not too far away.
0: Currently constructed. Now, wrap it up with this. You like your team, don't you? I mean, even if you just said, "Hey, we're going to roll the ball out in three weeks. Guys are ready to go." You like your team?
1: Yeah. I mean, we—we're we, a team that made the playoffs, going through a gauntlet of—I don't know what it was—14 doubleheaders in a three-week right. stretch. Um, we're we, you know, we have some guys. who are losing a few players. We're getting back guys like Miles and Hicks. I mean. We're excited about the team we have, and we, we we hope and expect that in a more normal schedule that we'll, we'll we'll be able to perform a little bit better than we did last year, which, again, was good enough to make the playoffs. So uh, there's still work to do. We're still hoping to make improvements, but, but we're excited for 2021, even as we are.
2: As I mentioned at the top, this conversation was a part of the club's virtual winter warm-up, and Cardinals Care was able to raise $100,000 through the event. That money will benefit youth both in St. Louis and across Cardinals Nation. So thank you to all of you who participated in the warm-up this year. It will mean big things for kids all across Cardinals Nation. Dan also sat down with Mo, with the III, Kerry Laroque, he heads up player development for the St. Louis Cardinals, and Randy Flores, who is the scouting director. All of those either currently are or very soon will be available on our YouTube page youtube.com slash cardinals some of them there now all of them will be live by the end of the weekend hope that you enjoyed that conversation maybe got to know gersh a little bit more and got an inside look at what 2020 was like both for major league and minor league players for gersh for danny mack my name is brett McMillan. always a pleasure to be with you here on the cardinals insider podcast